Hey, Divine Dolls. Okay, okay. So, I decided to take a little bit of a break. Um, I, uh, if you're with me, I've, it's obviously going to be a, a heavy upload day. I'm very much in my temple space. Um, and it just is what it is, y'all. So, let's rock and roll. So, I decided to take a break um, because um, I, I still have to give myself time to kind of decompress. Um, I, I've been listening to Ken Billions. I listened to him last night and then in my waking hours. And so it, it got a little bit deep. And, and so I, I had to just break free a little bit. And so I came across this video and I wanted to share it with you. Um, and it might surprise you. You're going to see it on the thumbnail. It's titled Vin Diesel helps ludicrous daughter surprise him at walk of fame ceremony. And, um, I, I had clicked on it maybe around the one minute and 31 second mark. And I'm like, oh, I would like to share this with the Divine Dolls in, in an interesting kind of way. So what has kind of happened behind the scenes is that some of you may or may not know. Um, I, I do like Ludacris. Um, I've listened to some of his music, um, grew up on it and, uh, Definitely stuff I I will bump and listen to with my girlfriend while we drive around the mall with the sunroof up and, you know, windows down all through the mall, <laughs> cruising and stuff like that. <laughs> cruising down, you know, that, that's what we do, Southern California style. If you know, you know. Got to drive with the drop top down. I didn't have a drop top, but for me, me it was having the, you know, moonroof open, windows all down, blaring the music, so fond memories obviously of of but but I also have to say this too I and again I don't want you to kind of I'm very aware of like celebrity dumb or I you know how we grew up in the church like idolatry but I think that um because I'm gonna get into his natal chart a little bit but um it, it, it is quite possible that it, you know, could be an illusion. So uh, I just want to bring to light some of the positive traits, I feel like, that, that definitely are exemplified here. And especially when you hear how Vin Diesel is describing him. I, I already knew that he was a Virgo, um, which coincidentally, for those of you who have been with me when I used to do the um, erotic astrology, reading through the um erotic astrology for virgos and like for the masculine versions and i was like well then where he at then though this is back in the days when i was like still kind of open to the idea of of dating and whatnot and this is just even within the last 12 months so i've evolved since then um I talk about how dating is not really something that i aspire to not anytime soon i think maybe 10 years down the road is kind of a more reasonable horizon. Um, a lot of you know my natal chart says I should have a the companion of my life, my companionship partner or whatever, come later in life. And so I, I'm at this point, I'm willing to kind of wait until it's kicked that bucket further down the road. But um, but when I think about like uh, I, oh, I say this because. When I heard Vin Diesel describing him, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a this is a Virgo. And like I said, even when you look at the listen to the erotic astrology of Virgo males, I think he definitely exemplifies it. Now that being said, he has a Leo moon, 
and a Scorpio sun. And so it kind of, those of you who know my placements, I'm Virgo rising, Scorpio sun, Pisces moon. But um, it definitely does make sense, too, because when you think about Leo's wanting to be out in the forefront, my first boyfriend was a Leo. Coincidentally, my first boyfriend looks kind of a little bit like Ludacris. Um, just a, a, a little bit more muscle mass, but same in the face, same here um, and everything, but different genre of music. Um, but not that that matters, but... Um, so I think he's attractive. I remember somebody I was listening to the other day is like, Luda's ugly. And I was like, eh, I could kind of see that. But if you see him here with the cornrows, like all, it's totally Virgo style, impeccable, you know, like groomed. Okay. The groomed version of himself. So he has washed his face, clean pressed shirt, nothing ragamuffin about the way he's presenting. I also like that, um... He got married. From what I can see here, and it's been a while since I've been like he's been on my radar. Um, but even when I talk about how you look at the contrast between rappers and they're forever perpetually, you know, I have guys that I went to high school with that are still trying to be hit the music industry scene type of a thing, and it's like, sir. And but one of the things I admire about um, Ludacris is that he has become. He went from being a businessman to being the businessman, right? And uh, I, if I haven't mentioned it before, like you even see how he runs his business. And it's so much more than just his rap. He's evolved since that, transcended since that. And, um, but yeah, so what I wanted to do was go ahead and play. I didn't hear all of it, so some of it might be kind of raw, even more raw, but I'm going to go ahead and play from the top um, Vin Diesel describing um, Ludacris, and so then now you get a, a better idea for both you and I, like what those placements mean. I've always been talking a little bit more about how we are so much more than our sun sign, and so here you are, now you're going to be listening to him describe it, and you can hear it, like the Leo element, obviously, uh, uh, the reason I mentioned my first boyfriend is because they have, they are, um, like to be out in the limelight, right? Um, very captivating persona. Um, but Virgo ties into the, uh, another one of my favorites. And it's so funny how I gravitate to certain people and you can kind kind of pay attention to this too. Um, another Virgo that I really like, and you've heard me mentioned is Cat Williams. And you will see the similarities too, because the ways that they talk about things and their mind, um, you'll see the similarities too. Cat Williams has set himself aside apart as proving to be a businessman. Virgos, you know, um, as with everyone else, they, you know, shadow side, they're going to struggle with finances. Um, the more that they are uh, evolved, they will have a, a fine understanding of finances. And so you see the same thing with Cat Williams to where he has established himself to be wealthy. He's good at what he does. Very intellectual. And then his um, this totally makes sense, too, because um, ludicrous Scorpio side. I've said this before. One of the most powerful, in my opinion, 
masculines to have is a Scorpio male. Um, but they can be scary too because they have that karmic element. And if they're going to wreak havoc, they can be out here just tearing shit up. Like, <laughs> trust and believe that. But if if you're um, adding the component, components of like the Virgo element or the business element, I think the other strong um, uh, masculine uh, placement for males, I feel like when it comes to business are, is Aries, Sun. But I... I could see where it fits in. I wouldn't want Aries placement in the bedroom or moon. I would want it like in their rising or in their sun um, or in their Mercury. That's just my personal opinion on things, my personal take on things. But um, Scorpio males, like, and I talk about this, like one of my exes was a Scorpio male. I mean, I never seen so much like power, dominance, leadership, authority, commanding um i know like there was a show i used to watch the pineapple show and um i noticed that one of the patterns with with the scorpio males like the higher evolved ones one of the things is that they're capable of running masses of people i think if i'm not mistaken another scorpio male is p diddy another scorpio female is uh chris jenner kim chris kardashian chris jenner but um, that ability to deal with multiple personalities, manage talent, whether good or bad. Um, but again, uh, one of the other Scorpio males that I heard on the Pineapple Show had like 300 people under his purview. The Scorpio male that I dated, he was responsible for the warehouse. Um, it was like a square mile of a warehouse. Um, and so not only hiring... Um, and overseeing like everybody reports to him, but also the importing and the exporting um, type of stuff, like it, it gets really, really deep. So I think it, it definitely makes sense why. And there's more to it, too. Like you really could, you know, his would be an interesting um, natal chart. I also like that he seems to be a family man, which I think is really nice, too, that Vin Diesel tapped into that and he brings his the daughter up. Um the, he, I think from what I read just now, because like I said, he kind of fell off my radar, is he has three daughters. Um, and But his first daughter, Karma, um, came up. And then, so, let me see. There was something... I, I like that he's gotten married. I really like that. Um, so, let's just go ahead and play it. <laughs> let's go ahead and play this. Chris was like, I think they had the podium the wrong way, but let me, let me get to you guys. And again, I'm going to probably make fun about this too. So Ben Diesel is pointing out, this is so, so Virgo-ish. That's why I wanted to share this with you. And obviously I'm talking about it. It resonates with the Virgo side. This is the ish that we catch up on, right? And I think um, both of them are right because he's like, Chris is saying that the platform is facing the wrong way. And even as you're looking at the video, you can see it really is Virgos. We have to have precision and things have to line up a certain way. Um, and so I think it's kind of funny for me as a woman to see that and to hear that a guy talk about stuff because most guys don't catch up on that. But <laughs> let me go back a little bit. <laughs> All right. 
Chris was like, I think they had the podium the wrong way, but let me <laughs> let me get to you guys. Yeah, let me tell you what I really think. <laughs> so first of all, Chris, you're wrong to try to keep me to two minutes. I could take two year, two lifetimes explaining to the world the significance, your significance, both both to the world and to my family. If you ask my daughter Pauline who her favorite uncle is, she'll say Uncle Chris. No offense, Todd Boogie. <laughs> So, there's so much to say, but there's so much that you already know. You know his unmatched accomplishments. We've never seen anybody dominate the music world and then come and dominate cinema while being entrepreneurial in the way that he is. That is very, very, uh, you know, Virgo style. Like I said, you see that dominance. Um, and it's funny because I, I said I think the most powerful version of a man, masculine or man to me is Scorpio, but Loki kind of giving accolades to Virgo placements to men with Virgo placements. Um, I also think so I said Aries, but Pisces don't even sleep on Pisces, yo, don't sleep on Pisces males. Um, I I remember I was talking to this one lady at the bank one time and so she saw my my birthday on my thing and so she's like oh you're a scorpio and i'm like yeah and she's like mom one of my sons is a scorpio and the other one's a pisces and i was like both of them you have two powerhouses right there um and and that's an interesting combo for them to be both born into the same household but um um that is the like uh there's a word i want to use like uh not the epitome, but those three combinations, like how do they continue to push themselves past, you know, just not only make it in rap when so many other people are trying to do that, but hone in into something like acting. But he's so much more than that. He has so many other business enterprises that are happening behind the scene. Another person I kind of low key want to talk about is going to be Jay-Z. Um, they recently bought the the second most expensive um, real estate property in California, but also the second most expensive property in the United States. Um, and it's now that being said, I'm not saying like this is the most moral person. I think he's becoming, he's definitely on his path. Who knows what happens behind the scenes, but I think that there is something to be said about him going from the streets being a d-boy you know marrying cheating on his wife staying in the relationship to what degree is it because of social constraints and whatnot and how is he evolving as a person some people get bothered with the acquisition of property and wealth and stuff like that but i will talk about that probably in another video so let's let me go back a couple of seconds and just I want you to hear like it, it makes sense because um again Scorpio Sun, right? Authority, leadership, dominance, Virgo, finance, 
enterprise um, Leo in the spotlight, right? Already know. You know his unmatched accomplishments. We've never seen anybody dominate the music world and then come and dominate cinema while being entrepreneurial in the way that he is. I look out here, I'm in Hollywood, but knowing Chris, I really want to talk beyond you to every kid on every corner in every urban community in the world. Mm. And I want to say that I've witnessed three characteristics that my brother, Chris, has that you could all apply to yourself. He said, my brother. <laughs> y'all, y'all know I joke about that too. I, um, out of my three brothers, my the closest one I'm with, uh, the one I'm closest to is my baby brother. <laughs> so, just find it funny that he calls him his brother. But anyways. The first is a curiosity. He has an inquisitiveness. Mm -hmm. If you're with him for five minutes, he is going to be as receptive as he possibly can about anything and everything. And this is, that is definitely, that's a, that's a Virgo for you. And so when you think about, um, even, and I think it, it, it comes to forefront more with like even Cat Williams for him to, Sometimes I think that people, he's more than a comedian. Um, and I don't want to, if, if you're like, how do I explain this? I don't want to, um, if you understand it, you understand it. Because sometimes people, he says the jokes, but they go over people's heads. And I think the Virgo in me sees the Virgo in, in what he's saying in a lot of the things. And it's either way deeper than what people understand or it's above their heads like overstand or understand but the Virgo side of you know part of me is like very, that inquisitive nature and so but the inquisitiveness I guess based on your placements or how your makeup is is going to take you down different paths like when you, it's one thing to ask a lot of questions which you also hear me ask a lot of questions like why are people like this how did they turn out like this why did they do that? How do you make that? How do you get healthier? How do you make more money? How do you, why are people like this? Why do we communicate? You know, and so it's what he was able to take with that curiosity and do with it, right? And so if you have Virgo placements in any of your 12 houses, you know, if you have, uh, I haven't memorized all the 12 houses yet, but like, for example, because of the, um, where Jupiter is going into Taurus, what's going to be elevated for me is travel and family, if I'm not mistaken, travel and family. Um, everybody's going to have a year of abundance with the placements of Jupiter going into Taurus. It's just it depends on which house it's going to be for you. So for me, it's like asking questions about travel, asking questions about family dynamics, right? Those are areas that are going to expand for me if I leverage it moving forward. You know, I can choose to suppress it. Or, you know, maybe my subconscious, I would have fallen, gravitated towards those things anyways. But um, I say that to say that if you have Virgo in any of your, anywhere in your placement, you probably notice that you ask a lot of questions surrounding that, that you have a curiosity surrounding that, right? As he possibly can about anything and everything. 
he makes you feel like you are the wisest human on the planet at all times he makes you feel like every second that you spend with him is valued he has that ability mm -hmm. that curiosity is just beautiful and for those of you out beyond this this street beyond this city remember to 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 employ that curiosity as you go through life because mm -hmm. that's how you rise and even for those of you who've been with me for the most part of this morning, when you hear my curiosity is piqued with listening to someone like Ken Billion, Ken Billy, Kenny, I like to call him Kenny, I want to call him Kenny. So <clears throat> when I listen to him, he has that curiosity. He had to ask himself a lot of questions. He had to don't know his placements, doesn't matter, right? Because at the end of the day, what I'm going to say and what I, you know, I think even Kenny says and anybody else who's helping you along this journey at some point you break free from the titles and i i also encourage women when i was used to do the um erotic astrology it's like i don't want us to just be confined to what our mars or our venus is and i don't want us to just be confined to what our moon signs are or our sun signs i want us to learn to embody every woman like i can learn how to be more like an aries woman i can learn how to be more like a pisces woman i can learn how to be more like a libra woman so on and so forth right and um and and then from there you start to take on so much more you start to break free of a lot of those titles and things. I think that the natal chart is a starting point. Me, this is this is the same way I'm talking about how Luda is, or Chris Bridges, um, Luda Chris. It's an opportunity for you to look at your personal development. You know, how do I communicate? How do I present? Am I ascending? How do I embody different things? You don't have to be a Leo or have a Leo placement to understand that you're going to shine in different areas. Um, there is something that, that uh, Vin Diesel is going to say a little bit later on. And it was when I heard that, that made me want to come on here and record it. So let me continue playing this. <laughs> the second characteristic <laughs> is loyalty. If, if you take anything from this star, if you take anything from this king. And that was kind of funny, too. I'm going to go back 10 seconds, but it was when he said, and I thought it was going to come later in the, in the video. But when he said, if you can take anything from this star, that is when I talk about there's pivotal moments where I decide I'm going to come on here and I'm going to record and I'm going to share that moment with you. That was it right there. Why would that make you want to come on here and press record and kind of break down his the sinister or his trinity, you know, his his moon, his star, his rising? I don't think that a lot of us realize that we are stars, right? Even when you talk about horoscope, horoscopically or through the horoscopes, how we understand how all the planets influence us, right? And how we have certain degrees and how they fall in different houses and our natal chart but even within that we because of the way that we're made up we are light beings right and we emit emit frequencies and we have radio frequencies and 
when you really start to dive into like at the end of the day, like and, and especially if you've been in, in the black community, we've had conversations about how 666 has to do with the elements of proton, neutrons and electrons and how, you know, each one of us, I actually did a podcast that was um, playing how when we are black, we actually have more light. <laughs> We actually take in more light and reflect more light. It, it's it's insane, the science behind it, right? But at the end of the day, I remember the podcast, if you want to go back and listen to it, it had to do with, um, I, it was definitely dedicated to little girls. And I think it might have had Black Girl Magic in the title. And I uh, want to say it had like, you are stars or you are diamonds in the podcast, Okay. If you've been with me, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so each one of us are stars, right? Um, in within our, the way that we are, com- our composition of whatever our natal chart is, right? Our individual unique um, fingerprint or natal chart is, right? And so or Myers-Briggs, for those of you who are into like Myers-Briggs and stuff like that. Um, and so some of you might might have it past your mind that it's like uh, the Hollywood stars, but all of us are stars. And I think that we're moving away from like where celebritydom, celebritydom serves a purpose in that these people, we put them on a pedestal, but I'm okay with even leaving them on a pedestal as long as we understand that they serve a purpose, not for us to idolize them, but to for them to serve as examples. Now, that being said, we have all kinds of stars. You have the um, money bag yos that have eight kids by eight babies' moms. It's a star, but it's showing us, you know, um, the he's a star in the sense that he's visible but maybe an example of what not to do right and but then when you start to understand that he's a bright star in terms of visibility we're stars and sometimes we suppress our shining because the way that we shine in our in in our environment because we put so much focus on the other people what they're doing and not understand that we shine in our own communities right I shine in my own way in the podcast that I do no one can parallel my brilliance because there's no one like me no one's gonna have my mercury no one's gonna have my moon or sentiment 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 sentiments sentimentality the way I do nobody's gonna be scorpionic the way that I am or approach finance and health the way that I do, you know, and that's okay, right? And so I I liked that he said that because even as I'm talking about him, it's not so much, and I say this, I've been saying this because I feel like sometimes I don't want it to fall on deaf ears. It's not even about him. It's not even about me either. It's about you. I want you to explore those sides of yourself how are you shining and then it was funny because the next part that you heard him say was your king and it's funny because he kind of chortled after this and I laughed too um because a lot of us have this language about kings and kings right and um 
Who knows? Times will, time will tell how successful his marriage is. But from what I understand, he is a family man. And that's one of the things I admired about him. Same thing with, with Kat being Virgo. Um, very huge on family. He's adopted children as well. Um, and like I said, if you, if, you, if you get a chance, and it's kind of funny because you'll hear how far I've come, how far up the hill I have come from my previous temple when I used to do the erotic astrologies. Um, I didn't do them for all the signs. Um, but I do remember doing it for Virgo and I was like, listen, where he at? Where he, let me, give me a Virgo, man. Like, give me a Virgo placement with them. Cause they have, you can have, um, if you're looking for synastry, it would be, um, the, uh, the sun, the moon, the Mars and the Venus. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, but yeah. And so then, and so, but with that being said too, loyalty, right we talk about what's the difference uh between the xy's you know and understanding how their brains are and how testosterone afford affects their brain i wouldn't go so far as to say like i would say like oh this is the epitome of what a person who loves you can be because i i'm still of the persuasion that they're incapable of love right now that's the space i'm in okay just bear with me. Come back in six months. Let me see if I've uh, kind of gotten a better handle on what all of that means. But but I, what I am saying is that when you contrast it to people who call themselves kings and uh, kings or kangs and compared to this, the proof is in the pudding. Right. In the previous podcast, I was talking about how you can have somebody like Dennis Hamhockhead Sperling pulling stuff out of his ass. And vying for to, you know, vying for male leadership amongst the the males um, versus someone when you contrast it to like Ken, who was dealing with stats and data and philosophy and delving into that information. And then so then now here with um, Ludacris, you have an example of like you say you're a king, but are you able to? Because cause I, I, I'm i going to say it, it's kind of wild, and this is how my mind works, but hey, you're here for it, I'm going to give it to you, I'm going to give the people what they want, I'm going to give the people what I came here for, yo. So, like, even when you look at his dress, I find this, like, his dress, like, his attire, ludicrous attire, I haven't quite decided where I'm going to do the thumbnail yet, so at the 2 minute and 49 second mark, I might do it there, but I'm still trying to decide if I want to do it with, with when his daughter comes up, so, because I haven't seen that part yet. But here we are. Um, this is Vin Diesel helps Ludacris' daughter surprise him at the Walk of Fame ceremony. And this is, um, it says Vin Diesel is always there for his Fast and Furious family, right? They have a movie, the movie X coming out. I want to see it. Um, and I haven't seen all of them, but y'all know I love a good muscle car. I like my cars like I love my men and I like my men. How I like my cars. I like muscle cars. I like them with muscle. I like them with, to have the horsepower you know, the look, the aesthetic, the speed, the excitement. I'm here for it. But um, so here they are, they're talking about it. And so coincidentally, not only does um, Luda have like a clean aesthetic about him, it's very fresh and very clean. I'm digging the cornrows. The cornrows go back to like the 90s. If you know, you know. Um, And but he has a, a rose on his uh, shirt. 
And so here it is. Vin Diesel is giving him his roses because I was going to say this earlier, but it's coming up now. You know, when I think about I was like, wow, this is the stuff he would say at a funeral, right? But here he is, is giving him his roses. This is stuff that I think we need to do more with each other. And I try to do it more with my my mom and my dad. You know, whether or not they appreciate it, I don't know. I, I talked a little bit in the last podcast about like my relationship with my mom. Just a little insight and then I'll probably retract and not bring it up for another couple years. Because, you know, it is what it is. But <clears throat> here he is. Vin Diesel is giving him his roses. and And so... But why am I even honing in on the rose right now and talking about him giving him his roses and how they're aligned with, you know, like his natal chart and and what it looks like IRL? What is the tangible results of somebody saying they're a king versus actually being a king? Right. And um, one of the things, remember, the the most successful men, I, I look for what are the traits, like what makes them different than the other XYs? And um, in the last podcast, we talked about how you need to be able to empathize, be a friend. Um, the word that Ken, Ken used was compassion. But one, one of the distinctions here that are made with what makes him different than the other kings or kangs, tangible, right? The difference between king and kangs is, is tangible results. If anybody has an empire, it's ludicrous, right? Let me look up his net worth real quick. Um, right. And his ability to not only in the words of Vin Diesel dominate in the music sector, but in acting, but as an entrepreneur, I, I know for a sure for sure that he's entrepreneurial. I've, I've been following him a little bit through the years. And um, I, I, I know for sure he has other business stuff. It very business minded. So yeah, he's worth 30 million. So the average rapper, he's uh, one He's one of the top 100 richest rappers in the world. And so even though you can hear, so who is the richest? Yeah, it's going to be Jay-Z. Um, let's see. Compared to Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre's net worth is 850. Okay, so Luda has a little bit ways to go. Um, but one of the, the top 100 richest rappers in the world. And um, one, so I've been talking about what are the traits of the distinct, the, the difference between a regular XY, a male, and a, and a real king or king. Also tangible, $30 million under his belt, right? Um, the businesses. But one of the things that, um, I also noticed the common trait between like the more successful XYs and just a regular King or Kangs, right? Is they have a fluidity. Um, and fluidity represents the feminine. They have to tap into their feminine. So you might look at Luda and be like, what? Even from his aesthetic, a little, he's a little bit more, not as muscular as he used to be. But not that, y'all, I have a thing for muscles. Just leave me alone. Okay. But. But I think even in terms of like, um, when you think about males, you think about hyper masculinity, but even the most successful, like even when you look at Robert Greene or uh, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, uh, 
Jeff Bezos, there's an element of femininity in there. And I'm not saying it to say that they're soft. I'm saying it that they have to have a form of empathy. And, and some of the, they've mastered some of the element, feminine elements. And so curiosity leads you to wisdom. Wisdom is very much a feminine trait. And so um, curiosity leads you to the doorsteps of wisdom. It leads you to my my temple, for sure. Definitely leads you to the temple steps of, or to the courthouse of Athena, goddess of war and strategy, right? Even when you look at the, the movie, The War of the Gods, um, if I ever do a watch party, it's going to be with that. And that one has the Queen of Furies. I've only mentioned two Queen of Furies in on my over the life of my podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure I will get up to five just because a lot of you know I used to play basketball. So to me, the top five players, I do have bench people on the benches and people I put on to play into play. Um, that are all women centric. And when any one of them scores a, a point, I'm definitely going to highlight them. And I know when to bring them up to the bring them onto the team. And we toss the ball around a little bit and do our play. And we play, play offense and defense on certain talking points and stuff like that. But I say all that to say, like, I just love this imagery so much. That's how I take stuff in. I take it on so many levels. Like, here he is, he's getting his roses. And even though he's a masculine and I'm talking to you about how important it is for males to embrace their feminine element and the most successful males take on their feminine element. Here he is, all masculine, cornrows, a little bit of he takes pride in his physical appearance, like even his health. That's a Virgo component. If you, you know, I don't know if he dabbles too much into like the spiritual side of stuff, but any Virgo, like when I had my natal chart, he told me like, that's going to be your thing, focusing on your health. And I have to be consistent about it and disciplined about it. If I let it go, I, my health will suffer way more than other people. But so he has that element also of the health. He's healthy, right? One of the interesting things, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it here because I've been wanting to say it for a while, but when y'all talk about Jamie Foxx, some, some of y'all are so mad at us women about Jamie, Jamie Foxx and the conversations going around about him dying alone. But y'all are acting mad like we're the ones who made Jamie Foxx say um, there's there's a quote out there of Jamie Foxx saying that the only way he would get married or walk down the aisle is if he was in a wheelchair. Um. And he said that we didn't. So the irony is here he is. He's on, you know, he's not he's not in the best of health right now. And there's no woman there to speak for him or to look out for him. If any of you have ever been in a situation where you've seen like an uncle or a father or a man in your church or from your community, the difference between the care that he receives if he's married um, versus if he isn't, and especially like even I think women will identify more with this too. If you've ever had a significant other in the in the hospital or um, has to go through medical care, like we are super vigilant and jealous. Like I use the word jealous, it's a Scorpionic side of me, but we're very jealous about like 
why are you giving them this medication? When do they need to take it? Give me all of the information, scheduling their appointments, making sure that their all their health is taken care of. What am I feeding you? What am I putting on your table? You know, type of a thing. And um, when they get home, it's like, okay, time to change the gauze, time to do this, time to make sure you take your medication. Did you take that, 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 right? Um, and so... Um, I'm trying to remember why I, I went over to talk about um, Jamie Foxx. But anyways, I'm saying that y'all are kind of like upset with us women when he's the one who said it. And the irony is that here he is. Now he needs the help. And y'all are mad at us. But y'all don't really seem to uh, understand that you're not going to be attractive if you're and somebody said something but I'm trying to decide if I'm going to be good and <laughs> it made me laugh and there's a reason it made me laugh but I'm not going to say it I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not it's it's going to have to go to Patreon but um yeah here he is in a wheelchair and now a lot of guys think that oh I know why I was talking about that because we're talking about health and so you know, I think a lot of men don't realize that taking care of their health is so as important, right? So as a Virgo male, if he's had spiritual counseling the way that I have, one of the first things they're going to tell us is, baby girl, baby boy, you're going to have to take care of your health. Exercise has to be a regular part of your practice, right? And, um... And so what happens with, and and these things are so important in understanding the feminine side things too, because, but, and so again, I'm trying to say that he has under, um, ludicrous is demonstrating that he can navigate through the masculine and the feminine side. And so, but with a lot of men, they're afraid to address things surrounding their health. And so I was talking about how Jamie Foxx, like, your health is important, but, and, and even with Kevin Samuels, right? Some people think that just because he was slim, he should have been healthy, but you could see every time he was on his podcast, on his YouTube, he was drinking Red Bull. That stuff is not healthy for you. Do your research. I used to love drinking Red Bull, right? Um, but when you start to do your research on it, it, the payoff between the energy that it gives you and the taste is not worth what it does to your body in the long run term. Right? So health is also an important characteristic, I think, of what sets apart an XY from, you know, from like the regular people. But yeah, let me go back. <laughs> ah, this is long. This star, if you take anything from this king, if you take anything from his life, know that with every step, He's maintained a beautiful loyalty, and that loyalty will drive you far. That loyalty will make your brothers and your family feel supported at all times. That loyalty is imperative. Maintain that. (laughs) And then the third thing is my favorite, and that's gratitude. Mm, mm, mm. With gratitude, there is nothing you cannot accomplish. Mm. It is the most important element in life, and I see it 
in my brother Chris with shining colors. I think I really, you know, this kind of speaks a little bit to the to how Vin Diesel speaks too, because a lot of times we, um, when you think of how men talk with each other and what we value. Last night I was listening to Princella and Umar was talking about um, the brat. And all he kept talking about was her spreading her legs and how she's in a lesbian relationship and how she's fine as a dime and a dime piece. Never talked about her career, about how she's grown herself as a brand, um, her accomplishments, her her um, her character and that type of thing. And I think that sometimes even when we look mano a mano, it's it's like part of the reason that Dennis Hamhock Sperling wants you to fall under his purview of male leadership is because of his title as a lawyer and you know the things that he drives and him wearing a suit and the exterior and is so much more to life than that right and so um I've talked about this before that I think that a lot of people don't understand that when they read the secret when I listened to the audiobook I knew that part of the reason people had hangups with the with the secret with is because they're like, where's the formula for me to put deposit a million dollars into the bank? And the secret, because because I, I look for patterns, to me, the secret was an attitude of gratitude. And so for him to, to not only acknowledge that within um, Chris Bridges, I feel is like, and for that to be his third, and I guess if he's going in from ascending, from descending to ascending order, with gratitude being the most important, that is huge. And that's you wouldn't think that that's like the biggest thing. He didn't mention, and, and even when we talk about, like I was talking about how you see the contrast between how an XY like Umar Johnson was describing the brat and how men, you know, XYs talk about each other and what they look to. I think it says a lot about Ben Diesel recognizing gratitude as opposed to saying like, oh, Chris is really good because he recognized he memorized this screen skit and this is his 10th one. And, you know, um, he, you know, kind of like just basic 3D type stuff. Loyalty, gratitude. And I forgot the first one already. Oh, what was the first one? But definitely the second one was loyalty and the third one is gratitude, right? I not know him without feeling this sense of gratitude that he carries with him everywhere. It's what makes him so powerful and it was, it, it's what makes me so proud. Everyone hears that we're family in the movie, but there isn't a holiday that doesn't go by that I don't see my kids playing with his kids. There isn't a, a, a birthday that goes by that I don't see my wife and his wife together. Okay. So you mean Vin Diesel has a wife too? What? I don't know very much about Vin Diesel. He does have a nice body, y'all. No, I like muscles, so he does have a nice body. I will give him that. Um, but it's so funny when you hear the contrast between... You know, like all these guys that aren't married. But I, I don't know. I I have different views on the future of marriage. But anyways, yeah. I think 
that I will say this because I I I kind of hinted about this a little bit too. Um, my one of my exes, I talked about him uh, last week, and it's around that time, anyways. But um, from when I met both of them, actually, I met both of them in the spring. Um, and one I don't remember the exact date that we met, and then the other one I um I remember the date kind of because Google keep rem- or Facebook keep reminding me, <laughs> but um, I I understand especially because i my uh my my um undergrad and my master's degree was in business but once you get outside of the textbook you start to understand that um there are certain things that people in the higher echelon look for and marriage is really important to them um and even when you read like the millionaire mindset You'd be surprised how much of the chapter, how much of the book is dedicated to the 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 um to marriage, right? The institution of marriage, and um, I remember one of the things that came up when I was dating the the guy that uh, used to work at Pier One Work Imports. Um, I remember he was so excited. He's like, um, he was gonna be meeting with the, a couple of the VPs in, um, in Texas, and so he went there by himself. And then when he came back and we met up and we were talking about it and stuff, and he was telling me everything that happened. And he's like, I was the only one, that was single. You know, he said I met each of their wives and they were asking me when I was going to get married, but I think, and I don't have time to unpack all of it right now. I know for a fact, I did a podcast on this too, where we talk about how, um, upper class people and people like the 1%, their take on marriage is way different than what's happening. And especially in the black community, it is, um, it's really wild, but I know for sure I have content on it. Um, and if you've been with me, you know, I'm not telling you to go back there because even if I wanted to tell you, if, if I was meant to t- uh, send you back there at this particular point in time, I would have remembered the title of the podcast or some of the things that were in the title of the podcast. But I know for a fact we talked about it and stuff. And so but I just that struck me, too. Right. So that institution of marriage here, both Ben Diesel and um, Christopher Bridges or Ludacris. Um, share this in common, their wives, family, right? Being involved with their, with their children. Those are the things that lie below the surface. Those are the inner workings of what sets the XYs apart from the others. Loyalty was the other one. Loyalty, gratitude. Ah, I need to remember what the first one was too. Let's see. Kids playing with his kids. There isn't a, a, a birthday that goes by that I don't see my wife and his wife together. He's the type of person I could take to the hood <laughs> alone and know we gonna be all right. <laughs> we gonna be all right. <laughs> or, or I could take him to the presidential palace and know we gonna be all right. And listen, for real, for real, like, no cap, back in the days when I used to be in a dating, that's the stuff I like, too. Like, kid you not, both my exes, we could be ratchet, hood, kid you not, first boyfriend, same thing, hood AF, 
But at the same time, like if we needed to walk into a corporate office or present something or be in a meeting, the fresh and clean, what's good with it? Like know how to um, code switch and, (laughs) you know, start to talk to people like if you're a civilized being and talk about strategies and finance and the infrastructure of things, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm just so honored when he asked me, I had to to show my whole family. But, and I know I've been talking a lot about like the XYs, which is kind of weird, but it just is what it is. But I think even with my um, divine feminines and like what I, I look gravitate for and what I like and value in conversations with women too is being able to just play you know especially with the newer acquaintances that I have it's like um we can have moments where we laugh and talk about stuff and then moments where I want more business partner women in my life so that's that's something moving forward that I have to actively seek out but um I like that being able that fluidity, right? We've been talking about one of the things that I notice about men is that they have fluidity where they're comfortable with the feminine traits. Once you're comfortable with that, that elevates you to a whole. Uh, and I'm not even talking about like soft or like putting on eyelashes or mascara or nail polish or dresses. I'm talking about the elements of creativity, curiosity, loyalty. Um, um discipline receptivity i think even and everyone was moved when he asked me to speak it just touched my heart so much i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him i come from a place l knows where i come from i come from a place that the way you show love to somebody and say i would die for you what chris has brought in it's another alterate, it's another variation on that word, which is, I will live for you. So I will live for you, my brother, always. And that was the second moment that I knew I had to come on here and record it. I, I had an inkling, it made me laugh. The, when he, he talked about the star, that I was like, yeah, it made me, it reverberated in me, right? But when he said this part, I was like, yeah, we're coming on here. And so here it is at the end of the podcast type of thing. But I love that because, you know, when we talk about like even with Jesus and the whole thing, like how he died for us. And a lot of us struggle with like, show me you love me in real life. Right. You would die for me, but would you live for me? You know, when I talk about like some of the pain I went through with my exes, it's like, eh, I again, I wouldn't say so go so far to say that they loved me, but it's kind of like they thought that. Because I broke off the relationship, but in their mind, it was like worth it to them to keep coming back to the well, right? Being in my presence and that that should count for something. But it's like, would you live for me? Would you live a way that is going to really show what what's there? Same thing like when I think about, um, I, I, I mean, and this is perfect timing too. So... Uh, I had living so musing, so bird walking, but I talk about like I would die for my parents, right? But I'm at a stage and point where I have to figure out how do I live for my parents while they're here with me? How do I demonstrate that? I talk a lot about how I would die for my niece, 
But it's like, before that, how would I live for her? Does that kind of make sense? That is so deep. That's something that I want to take away with me. And it the seed is planted and that's going to be part of my talk moving forward. I would live for you. That's deep, yo. Now, and then I love that because that raises your vibration to a whole other level, right? And I feel like one of the things that I want to see more in like the XYs is like, take me up there, take me outside of my box, take me higher, make me think differently, stimulate my mind, right? That stimulated my mind. That's This is the energy that I would like to have come to my temple and, you know, have you talk for two or three minutes and then boot you on out of here. <laughs> and it doesn't involve me having to sleep with you or anything. It's like, it's all about all is mind right now. How do our minds interconnect? How do we feed off of each other, right? And for some of you, it might lead on into relationships, but I hope you get, you hope, I hope you pick up what I'm putting down. And I love you from the bottom of my heart. All right, so I know I have just a few more minutes left, and then I, I, want, I haven't seen the part where he brings the daughter up, so let me just bring that up real quick. Let's see. Family, and this is the most beautiful congregation I've seen. You know what it is. You already know what it is. Right, Pauline? Right, Cadence? I see you, Kai. I see you. Yeah, and those are his daughters, um, Pauline, Cadence, and Kai, because I, I had to look it up. I didn't realize he had so many children, y'all. Um... But yeah, so they're in the crowd, but check it out. Because it sounds like um, the one who surprises him is karma. But we're missing someone. Karma. Is karma here? Our karma speaking. Oh, so this is so funny because remember, he's surprising um, Ludacris. So karma is the... Ludacris is telling her like, oh, my baby girl, she's right now. She's she's at a speech right now. But you heard how he did the intro um, leading up to this. So Ludacris is like trying to whisper to him like, oh, no, Karma is at a speech right now. She's doing something else. Is Karma speaking at Spelman at Atlanta? Well, I'm proud of Karma anyway, but I know she would say something if she was standing at this podium. I know she would. <laughs> oh. Guys, I'm such a crybaby. I told you I clicked on it. I haven't seen certain parts of it. And I remember her from when she was a... And this is not Kai Karma. From when she was a baby. And then as much as I... Oh, I'm a crybaby. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Aww. She has grown up to be such a beautiful young lady. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Let me see if I can... Um, let's see if we have can squeeze in what she has to say. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna face this way, but this is to you, just so you know. <laughs> to my rock, my hero, my dad, words can't describe how much being here for you today means to me. After receiving your text on Thursday, asking if I could make it to LA for your Hollywood star, it took everything in me to come up with an excuse of why I couldn't make it today. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I wouldn't miss it for the world. From plays to dance recitals to graduation, you have always found a way to be there for me. Even if I think Nick Cannon can take a, a few talking points from this, but anyways. If it's a call or a text from miles away, you always made it a point to make sure I felt valued. Mm. Growing up, 
you tell me to face my fears, that I can be two things in this world, scared or prepared, mm. <laughs> that there is no such thing as failure as long as I never give up on my dreams. Mm. All I know is, if practice what you preach was a person, it would be you. Mm. That is so deep, y'all. Let me, let me, um, oh, I don't like to keep these too long, but I'm running out of time because I can only record 60 minutes at a time. So hold on, I'll be right back. Um, so I want to try to keep this as short as possible, but I think that there is, what, what can be any better than to have your own child, you know, speak the accolades of what you're, of the things that you've done. And I think that that's a, such a beautiful aspect, um, about life you know um and and let me go back a couple of of times you know remember i started off the podcast saying that i wanted to share with you how i could see that um ludicrous was and i think the word i wanted to use was like emulates everything of what you think of or the embodiment of like you know virgo Leo sign, Scorpio rising, how he embodies all of those super strengths, those superpowers, what sets him apart. And so here it is, his daughter saying that if that were, if practice what you preach were to be a person and to be an example, it's there. I also don't want you to um, skip over. I'm going to go back to the top of her speech because I wish that more fathers and daughters had relationships with like this. And then the other thing I'm going to go ahead and say here too is uh, in the last couple podcasts, I've talked about like even the relationship with my mom. I love my parents to death. I talk about how that's, I think, part of me being a child, even though my parents were not the most affectionate, right, or lovey-dovey, and especially when it comes to my mom. And so I think even like with um, how... Again, we talk about how he embraces the feminine component of being in touch with your child, that that maternal instinct, the connectivity, nurturing. It's nurturing when you reach out and you're calling and you're texting and you're involved in the day-to-day stuff. I, I And it, it can low-key mess with you a little bit, but it is what it is. I'm not going to keep it as a hindrance, but I remember playing like basketball and my dad only went to one of my games of course he was working he had four kids to provide for I was playing basketball for a private school at, at other schools right and then same thing with my mom like I don't know that she really went but she, she played an instrumental role in enrolling me in basketball and again making sure that I had the things I needed to get through and into private school and stuff like that but I think part of what affects me is like when I see how it is with my niece, I understand what it's like to wish that my parents were there cheering me on the way that he's cheering on his daughter. And I think that I'm encouraging both men and women to be more hands on and involved. The calls do matter. The text messages do matter. Attending recital does matter. Attending the games does matter. Right. And so but this is a higher evolved version. And that's why I kind of want to mention that, too. So parents did the best that they could. But I think that I part of me understanding that I can I say that my mom does. My mom does have narc tendencies. Um, and so with my with my niece and her granddaughter, my mom doesn't my parents don't care about like going to her games or, you know, like all of her award ceremonies and tough stuff like that. Um, they'll talk to her if she calls, but there's not like the relationship that she and I have. And again, you know, there's that saying, like, be the person that you wanted 
people around you to be. And I think about, I've talked about like how I don't understand how my aunts and uncles couldn't, didn't want to look out for me. And I even talked about like how even yesterday I asked my mom, I said, you know, what, what advice would you have for my niece? Like, or your granddaughter in terms of like dating and relationships or how to get a head further in life. And she's like, I don't have anything. It's like, she's going to do what she wants to do. And I'm like, to me, I'm so involved. There's no way I'm trying to check in like first grade before first grade, like her first words. Like I, t- I talked to you about teaching her when she was just two years old, how to say the word airplane, you know, um, and helping her to tune into her five senses of hearing the plane, seeing the plane, saying the word plane, you know, the phonetics behind it and working on the school projects and talking about what's going on with the friendships and the personal development and how to question things in life, like very hands-on involved. The things not only that I would want, you know, from my parents, but from my, um, from my aunts and uncles or my community, you know? And so I, I say all that to say, I'm going to play what she said, but I think that this is, let's, I also talk about, can you imagine if we showed up for our daughters, our sons and our daughters, you know, what if we were to put them on game? This is what this would sound like, right? So let me go ahead and play what she has to say. At this point, I'm hungry. Yeah, it's 12 o'clock. It's around time for me to eat. So I'm going to go get something to eat. Um, but yeah, let's, this is a, such a beautiful way to end this, right? I wish that more. And when I, in the la- end of the last podcast where I said, like, I wish that more of us had more parent, more fathers had relationships like this with their daughters. I also wish more mothers were kind of, it's one thing to birth your child. And, you know, I remember one time we were talking about like the difference between moms, where it's one thing where your mom will pack your lunch and send you to school, like she'll comb your hair, bathe you, you know, feed you your breakfast and pack your lunch and send you. And it's another thing when she puts little notes like saying like, good luck on your test or I love you or, you know, little stars or stuff like that. That's that's on a whole other different level. And I think that those things matter. Right. This to you, just so you know. To my rock, my hero, my dad, words can't describe how much being here for you today means to me. After receiving your text on Thursday, asking if I could make it to LA for your Hollywood star, it took everything in me to come up with an excuse of why I couldn't make it today. (laughs) The truth is, I wouldn't miss it for the world. From plays, to dance recitals, to graduation, you have always found a way to be there for me. Even if it's a call or a text from miles away, you always made it a point to make sure I felt valued. Growing up, you'd tell me to face my fears, that I can be two things in this world, scared or prepared. And I love that too. I think that sometimes I, I, do, I am in a space where I question the role of the father and to what degree they have them. But if you're going to have a father, God damn it, they might as well be a hell of a father you know, I talk about how sometimes I'm at a stage in life where I can notice the difference between hands-on fathers um, and the difference with my dad. Um, because, like, even my dad, he didn't grow up with his dad. So there's some things where, obviously, he couldn't pass them off to us. But when I hear, like, other um, women talk about how their dad instilled certain things in them. And, again, there's that word, maxims. For those of you who are kind of, like, into... um like the Spartans, that's where I learned the word maxims. Um, 
that they had like a hundred or five hundred maxims that made them one of the best centuri centurion or like set of hundred best the one hundred best soldiers, right? That took them so far. And so here it is, one of Ludacris's maxims is be afraid or be prepared. And that's a masculine component that he passed on to his daughter that now she can embody both the feminine and the masculine, right? Let me go back a couple. I felt valued. Growing up, you tell me to face my fears that I can be two things in this world, scared or prepared, <laughs> that there is no such thing as failure as long as I never give up on my dreams. All I know is, if practice what you preach was a person, it would be you. And y'all, I'm, I'm such a crybaby, like for real, for real. It's not even that time of the month, because like if it's that time of the month, like I get really, really emotional. But um, I think also I remember her from when she was a little girl, so I haven't seen her talk about that in much too. But it also reminds me of like the stuff I always try to tell my niece. <clears throat> it's like, especially always but it's in the back of my mind like I may not be there to see her you know graduate from college or even high school or um who knows like walk down the aisle or make all of these accomplishments in life but I always try to tell her like y'all <laughs> I, I've said this before, I'm a crybaby, so leave me alone. <laughs> Always strive to, to, you know, shoot for the stars, never give up. And I think I like it because he's telling that to his daughter. But I think that even the, um, I would take on the role of being like your spiritual mother in this, for this teeny tiny moment in time, the weekend after Mother's Day. And I remember one of the things that I learned um, was I may not have physical children, but I will have spiritual children and I can allow my maternal side to come out. But if, if you were to take away, you know, nothing else out of what I've said, I think today or throughout the podcast, I think, you know, from the masculine form of ludicrous to the feminine side of me to all of our children I think moving forward it's like I'm gonna go back like 10 seconds don't ever give up I'm always esoterically like rooting for you cheering you on push a little further go for the heights you know don't ever give up okay that there is no such thing as failure as long as I never give up on my dreams all I know is if practice what you preach was a person, it would be you. You are a go-getter. You are a And one more thing, you know, because we've been playing a lot with the word uh, temple. And as I want you to formulate in your mind, what would your temple look like? What does it look like? Um, and how does it spill over into other areas of your life? Um, practice what you preach is... Every day you're going to be asking yourself, am I practicing what I preach? And that means that you're going to take some things out of your house and you're going to put some things in your house and you might move, right? But the temple space is very much also, how do you practice what you preach?
Okay. And allow yourself to have different tempos too, because like I said, my I went from having a basic temple down in you know down in the black community on the same flat level just like everyone else to having a castle that I built with a moat with gators uh, you know alligators and crocodiles and a bridge and you know um, my soldiers if if you've been with me you kind of um, understand what I'm talking to to now I'm building this temple space where it's like we can have a space for these type of conversations right and keeping in mind that I'm going to have even more temples that are in higher like resort style in different parts that on a higher level or different parts around the world right um but the temple that I'm in right now and even like my podca- podcast temple is like am I practicing what I preach when I come on here what does it look like um, in my waking hours, in my sleeping hours, in my eating, in my uh, my exercise regimen and stuff like that? My finances, y'all. My finances right now, whew, it's, it's, it's a little bit rough, but I'm, re- I'm being reminded. It's like, let me practice what I preach. When I come on here and I talk about manifesting stuff, pulling stuff in, um, being committed to, you know, getting out there and doing what I need to. The Scorpio side of me got to, you know, uh, being reminded of all of the, those things and, and building for the next phase for the next 10 years. So, yeah, y'all, your temple is like going to be a reflection of practicing what you preach. And, and it, it's as simple as looking around your house. What parts of your house do you like and not like in your bedroom, office, living room, dining room, kitchen, refrigerator, your car? And what's beautiful about it is that we can transform that. We can um, transcend it. And it ends baby steps, right? And I talked a little bit in a podcast yesterday about how we can spill over what it is, you know, that we're falling asleep to and waking up to and how we can use that feminine energy in the compartmentalized parts of our houses and our temples, um, how to allow it to flow and spill over into other areas of our life, right? a natural leader you are a risk taker you are a multitasker you are a king and you are a perfect example of a father after years of being the one surprising me of you being the one surprising me it is my honor to have the tables be turned and my only concern i'm gonna i'm gonna call it out since i see here is she is giving accolades to her dad and when she called him a king there's that word again I don't want her to fall into her having to speak life into her peer. You know, she's probably going to end up dating somebody that's close to her age. And I don't want her to confuse someone who, like her dad, who has put in the work and try to, quote unquote, speak life into a king because he's a male. When, if anything, he could be a prince, but he hasn't proven himself to be a king. Like, I feel like she would attract princes um, but I say this because she is giving accolades to the right person, but I hope she's not because because even with her using the word king in the black community, a lot of us and especially us black women, we're always taught like, oh, speak life into them. You know, you even saw it with Ebony K. Williams, like her trying to speak life into saying like, and it's crazy because. Um, this is going to be a long ass podcast, but I'm going to try to keep it short because there's only like one more minute left on the, on the video. 
it's crazy because there was this fool. He's a complete idiot. Like, I don't even think men really this type of guy. He he put he put um in his title, if I'm not mistaken, he put like Ebony K. Williams is expecting us to be something that is so hard for men to do. And I'm like, nigga, she, you're telling me that you're not capable of owning a bus. Do you realize how damaging that sounds? But that's who y'all want to be your leader, though. You can own so much more than a bus. You can get $30 million. You can get $800 million like Dre. You can make billions of dollars like Jay-Z. You're capable of doing it. But it's funny because she's trying to speak life into them. And he's like, oh, Ebony K. Williams is trying to tell us to be stuff that we can't do. So now when I'm saying like, you're just not capable, it's like one of the, it's a, it's a dichotomy. But anyways, let's keep going. Only you and God know truly how hard you have worked to reach this moment. And I thank him for allowing me to witness just a snippet of the time, passion and dedication you put into everything that you do. I am so proud of you, dad. Congratulations to a legend of an artist and a legend of a father. I love you. <laughs> oh, and y'all, she looks just like him. I I remember there was this one guy from my church, and I talked about him before, but I thought he was so handsome. He freaking tall. I want to say he was like a good, if I say like a good six eight, six nine, six seven on the shorter side. But he um he had kind of like blondish hair. It was a black guy, but he had like hazel skin i used to be more we used to be more caramel i used to be more caramel but now i'm darker because i've been out in the sun so unless i'm confined for uh, you know months at a time where i'm not back out in the sun i'll probably go back to being like high yellow but um so we were both like caramel complected but he had the most prettiest hazel eyes really nice muscular athletic build and um I remember what, like, I, I'm, like, freaking way younger than him. I think I was, like, maybe, like, it's been a while, like, maybe. But the reason I'm bringing him up is because, um, obviously, we never dated or ended up um, going out or anything like that and or getting married and having kids. But I remember years later, I saw him at church, and he had his little mini-me. It was his daughter. Same freaking face, same complexion, same green eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. I really like when fathers are involved with their children. And I really like when the babies look like them. And um, even my first boyfriend, he had a daughter. And I have some funny stories about when I was around her too. And I, it made me, for that being my first relationship too... It made me kind of realize that, you know, when you're dating someone that has children, their sentiments and how they can feel so protective of of their mother as they should. And I would want my daughter to be the same way, too, or my my children, if I had had any. But it made me really extra compassionate about, you know, how moms are loyal to their children are loyal to their moms, even when their fathers are dating other people. But she looked just like him too. She, and I love that that look. So I say all of that to say another one that had his daughter look like him was Game. Um, Game the rapper. 
Um, I remember seeing him with his daughter and now it's like, it's mini me. And so, but with Ludacris, I remember he had her, uh, karma and that's probably why I'm so teary eyed because you get to see that she's blossomed to be so beautiful. And even when she's hugging her dad, it's like, even though, and if you get a chance to look at it, it's from Access Hollywood, it's, it's just his little mini me still to this day, but she's grown up to be so beautiful and articulate and he did a really good job, I think, with raising her, even though, obviously, I, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit of a brat here and see, like, how many children, like, how many babies' moms does this mean? <laughs> because, um, I, I would want to say it's, like, what, three babies' mom? Because I know for sure he had one with his last, I was about to say, shit, he has six, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five kids. So I remember Karma. That's baby girl. I don't remember Sha Shayla Scott. Um, so, oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so he has three with one person. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. They all have his, four of them have his last name. Shayla Scott does not. So one of them is Sh uh, Chance Oyali Bridges. The other one is Kai Bella Bridges. And then Cadence Gale Bridges. And I think the last two are with his wife, um, Eudoxy. So it says here, Karma, um, from a relationship with an attorney. And that is really, I like that partnership too. Because you can see the partnership not only between what the father put in. But if, if if the wife or the baby's mom is an attorney, yo, that's a good look for the daughter. And that definitely comes across, right? We talk about practice what you preach. You can definitely see that, that those are the makings of a woman in the making. It's like she blossomed really beautifully articulate in everything. So very, I, I like that pairing. Then the other one says, it says he has a daughter, Kai, Kai Bella Bridges with Tamika Fuller. And I almost wonder if I, Kai has gr to, uh, grown out of my sight because I remember when he was with Tamika and I liked that relationship too, a longtime friend. And so let's see how many baby moms does he have, girl. So his two youngest are Cadence and Chance and those are from his current wife, Eudoxy. Okay, yeah, so I've been out of touch with him for a while. Okay, okay, yeah, so the two youngest ones. So yeah, he has a little girl with him. The, his oldest with Eudoxy is Cadence, and then Chance is the little baby boy, which again I've I've lost touch with that. His two older daughters are from previous relationships, so he has three babies' moms. Karma's mother is Christine White, an Atlanta-based attorney. Kai Bella's mother is Tamika Fuller, which from the little bit that I do remember from her, I I liked that partnership for them too. But yeah, y'all, he out here with three babies' moms. I don't know what's the deal with the Shayla Scott one. Oh, so this says, uh, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. Ludacris launches a bonnet line with daughter based on Karma's world, which is based off of inspired by his 21 year old daughter, a new collection of satin button bonnets based on the hit show about a smart and beautiful young girl who grows who sets out to change the world 
I, I y'all, for as much ish as I talk about the XYs, and I know there's a lot of ish to be spoken about how, you know, people be having multiple um, baby mamas and stuff like that. Um, I love this picture here, too, because he's still very involved in all of his children's lives. And I think that if anybody's going to have a father, that would be the best representation, I think. And I even like the partnership with Eudoxy. Eudoxy, if I'm not mistaken, again, I really like how he picks his um, the mothers of his children because she is a I think she went was a doctor or an attorney also. Let me just so very smart. Um, so Eudoxy Bridges, so she took on his married married name because her last name is like Mengunagain, like Lemon Merengue, Mengra, whatever. Sheer passion for philanthropy, absolutely. Virgos and philanthropy, absolutely. Um, I was thinking philosophy, but philanthropy, philanthropic too. I talk a lot about how, in my opinion, divine feminines, divine masculines, twin flame partnerships or whatever, very much are centered around philanthropy. Philanthropy. Passion for philanthropy brought Ludacris and Eudoxy Bridges together. And let me see, what is her occupation? I I freaking love it. I don't know. I I know some people might not be. She's looking a little preference-ish, but whatever. Um, He has four children with three different women. Um, I don't know why they're not mentioning the fifth one. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the fifth one, which is Scott, um, the whatever her first name is, Scott, is because he adopted, um, the, his second, the daughter of the other one. I think that that's, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. Hold on. I just want to find out her occupation and then I'm going to go. So she is from West Africa and yeah, she has a master's degree in global management. So that would make sense because, um, the philanthropic, um, aspect of things is kind of like growing your business in a way that helps the community and other people. Um, so she has a degree in global management from Nova Southeastern University and created a nonprofit organization, Unspoken Angels, in 2013. That would totally make sense because remember I talked about how with that level of curiosity, it's going to lead you to the, to the steps or the courtyard of wisdom. And if he's seeking for that type of information, I can see why he would be drawn to someone like her. It, this is just makes to- total so much sense. And I like this too because even when you look at what other guys date and who they have children with, it's going to be they're going to get hang- hung up on the skin or the body type. Um, whereas she has beauty and brains. Um, 
I, it just it just makes so much sense to me. Again, not the biggest fan of him being the father of three babies, moms, but I feel like in a feel like because I don't have right. I don't I don't live. I'm on the outside looking in, but um, like to think that he has a good relationship with with the um, other moms and yeah. So it says Eudoxy's philanthropic philanthropist ways are what first brought the couple together. The pair met at the rapper's Luda Day charity event. Yeah, and don't even sleep on it. Like, I know some people, some of you might want to get into relationships or not. And I talked about this extensively. I'm not even playing with you. If you've been with me, you know. But I talked about, like, going to these charity events, y'all. If you're not at the forefront of doing them, great place to meet um, these type of charity events. Not even going to play you. Um, chair, and even like when I, I talk a lot about like with uh, Steve Harvey and Marjorie, the foundation that they have, y'all better get on it. So um, she met him at the Luda Day charity event. So he was hosting it, and again, that that speaks to the heart of who he am, who who him is, <laughs> in two thousand eight, and was basically inseparable afterwards. That makes complete sense. In the tenth. On the 10th anniversary of that day, Eudoxy took to her Instagram to celebrate it. Today marks 10 years we've known each other. We met August 30th, Luda Day weekend, 2008. But don't get it twisted. He didn't get to kiss these lips until 2009. I'm not even mad at it. 10 years later, we are better friends, lovers, partners, and par- parents and partners. Yeah, and it reminds me, doesn't he sing a part in the, one of the songs? It's like, tell me again. Can we be lovers and friends? Ah, right? Which is so funny because on a non-related aspect, remember in the podcast before this, I was talking about how Kenny Billions was saying that, you know, you get to a point in life where you understand how to be friends. And and because I think that part of the, we're talking about the difference between XYs or males and men is with males xys they're so stuck on like sexuality and sex getting in the bedroom getting in between the sheets spreading them thighs right like like umar uh like umar johnson said like the only way he talks about um debra is just in a sexual nature right same thing with um when he talks about when you hear how umar johnson talk, talks about uh ebony k williams it's like oh she's fine blah 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 but he don't talk about like her characteristics or her personality or or her value in terms of what her being a a lawyer or all of the enterprises that she she takes on right he just talked about she's fine she's fine that's it but um yeah so we went from music to like how um the difference between how men see women and how xys or male see women is that it's just either your sexual per uh just se- sexual market value and i really like that you know somehow some way this story kind of came out so it says um so he he says i love how passionate she is about her goals obviously she's beautiful um and they got engaged in 2014 And then they had their firstborn June 4, 2015. And 
then six years later, so, and I didn't even know about this, 2021, then they had, oh, wait a minute, but isn't Chance, my bad, y'all, I was saying it's a boy, so the girl's name is Chance, my bad, my bad, and and I should have caught it, because I was saying he had five girls, but I think the, the fifth one is adopted, and so obviously she's um involved with the other kids too. Oh, the little baby's so cute, y'all. I'm a little bit of a nerd or dork or whatever you want to call it. And I get it. I'm on the outside looking in. So but um so he says here the best part of being a girl dad is that every day is something different and each daughter has a unique need so i'm learning and adjusting every day just as much as they are i freaking love that but i think women can learn from this too i'm not you know that's just a space i'm in i don't know that i'll ever be that vulnerable or open up again like that but um, or it's going to be a long time but yeah i think women can learn from this too It says a year later, while promoting his children's book, he said he told the outlet, I have absolutely loved being the father to four incredible girls. They have taught me so much and changed me for the better. Oh, they had a miscarriage. Oh, y'all, I'm such a crybaby. Like, my lip is out like I'm going to cry. Okay, so this is the first time I'm seeing, like, um, Vin Diesel's wife. Is this his wife? Or is it one of the co-people? And then I'm going to go, I hope, is there a part two to this? Oh my gosh, I already have an hour. Okay. I need to cut this down. Is this his wife? I'm just going to be a little bit more of a bat and look at Vin Vin Diesel's wife. I don't, mm. I just want to see what she look like. And I'm so hungry. Paloma Jimenez. Paloma Jimenez. Oh, that is his wife. Okay. And he has been. Oh, wow. Hollywood hunk has never been married, at least not that we know of. He's a domestic partner with Jimenez. Ugh. And although they were first linked to one another publicly, it's unclear how they met. Oh, wow. So why does... Because y'all heard the video with me. Why did he say my wife and Ludacris' wife? Y'all, I don't like that. I don't like it. I'm a, I'm sorry. That's the Virgo side of me. I know I nitpick about stuff. And this is why I'm telling you. You can't say something and then I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and then find out bullshit. Because y'all heard in the video when he was like, I love when Ludacris wife and my wife, y'all, I don't like it. And then they're domestic partners. Like, you're going to, I don't like it. I, I'm going to have to probably cut the video, the, the podcast short. But um, I don't like that he, it doesn't sit well with my soul that he's doing that so anyways it says longest relationship to date she's a mexican model 
Um, she's a model from Acapulco, Mexico. Um, who is Vin Diesel have kids with? So Pauline Sinclair. It looks like he has kids with someone else. Yo, how many children does this guy have? I'm sorry. Speaking of things we do like, speaking of things, how many children? And now, mind you, we did not come on here to look at um, Vin Diesel or whatever, but he got caught up in the... So he has three children, but I don't think they're with the Jimenez girl. My, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. So it says here he has three children and they're with um, Paloma Jimenez. Okay. Is maybe his legal name is Sinclair or something like that? I, I you know, who cares? I, I don't care. I mean, in the sense of like, um, I, I don't know that I want to spend too much time on that. I, it's, there's a reason I come on and do certain things, but like even right now I'm thinking I'm like, I don't know. Now this one from longtime partners to family of five. So yeah, that's still Yeah, there's nothing to see here, kids. Alright, I will talk to y'all later. I am hungry. I already know what I'm gonna eat for lunch, so <sighs> let me go. I'll talk to you later. Bye! <laughs>